Berry Global, Expedia, Wendy's Breakfast Menu, and Walmart and Amazon on today's episode of News Entrepreneur's Experience. Thanks for joining me this week on News Entrepreneur's Experience. Isn't that like a great opening song? In case you didn't know, that's actually my son's handiwork, who is uh, has been working very hard on putting his own tunes together, and he was kind enough on both of my podcasts to create my intro music. And so big shout out to Cade Mack. That's funny. He hates that name. <laughs> Cade Mack. It's Cade. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. If you get a chance, you should check out his sound, SoundCloud account and YouTube where he breaks down his videos. So it's my shout out for my son who's working very hard at becoming a music dude. But that's not why you tuned in. You tuned in because I'm about to go through some of the blog posts over the last week that I've made that are related to you, the entrepreneur, which is great, right? Because being an entrepreneur gets a little dicey, gets a little tricky sometimes. There's not a lot of people that you can talk to about the challenges that you're facing. And sometimes you just need some very practical takeaway advice that you can do something with immediately. Not like nice to know stuff, but like, I'm not the only person in the world going through this, what should I do kind of advice. And so my intent on these podcasts is to show you as an entrepreneur that the problems you're having are not unique to you or your business. You are special, but you're not that special. You have an opportunity to put people and resources together to take advantage of an opportunity. That's called being an entrepreneur and running a business is uh, is not easy. It's not for the faint of heart, but if you're listening to this and you are an entrepreneur, you've already done the hardest part, which is to motivate yourself to go and do it. And now that you're doing it, you have days where you think, what am I doing? I just need to catch a break somewhere or I need to figure out how to take advantage of this opportunity or whatever the case might be. And so because I spend all my days talking about business strategy and problems and challenges, mostly of a financial nature, I got lots to say. And I find that I use real life examples to illustrate my points to entrepreneurs. And so this podcast episode is my opportunity to do that on a bigger scale. So instead of talking one-to-one, I get to talk one to many. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the notes that you send and the questions that you ask after these episodes go live. It means you're getting something out of it. So that's great. The first blog post that I was going to just dig into a little deeper is with was based on a headline I saw about Barry Global. And that's not, I don't think, be surprised if you knew who they were. Uh, I certainly didn't know, not that I'm the benchmark for people, entrepreneurs, but... They are a manufacturer of packaging for companies like Starbucks, Procter & Gamble, PepsiCo, Kraft Heinz, etc. And they had this massive drop in their share price. And by massive, I mean like 15, 15%. And, um, and so it was just, as I read through the article and I kind of understood the reasons why the stock price was dropping and what was happening kind of in the background, um, it got me thinking about, as an entrepreneur you know, in in an attempt to put people and resources together to solve a problem out in the marketplace through through a business or a product or service. Sometimes it can be hard to like figure out a goal to set. And uh, just as it so happens, I spent a couple hours this afternoon with an entrepreneur that has 
no shortage of opportunity in front of him. In fact, uh, he has a portfolio of patents and is trying to figure out the best way to organize them and go to market with them uh, while running an existing business. And so, oh man, he has a a ton of goals. And so uh, as I when I wrote this blog post, I, I was just thinking about entrepreneurs that struggle to figure out what's like just something easy I can put on the on the wall, some easy target that I can hit. Um, you know, I'm not in, incredibly motivated. I'm my mind is preoccupied with the the minute uh, of my business, and so I'm I'm not really getting anywhere, and I'm not really getting anywhere because I haven't really set any goals. And the reason I haven't set any goals is because I don't find that totally interesting, but I also don't even really know what setting goals means. Like I'm just trying to like stay alive here. So when I wrote this blog post and I read that I read the article about this particular company, it helped me just to remember that sometimes you just need to pick an easy goal, something that is clear in your mind. You can easily understand the math and you can easily kind of put together a plan for what needs to happen to hit that goal. And so with Barry Global in particular, they have um, um, a bunch of their investors um, kind of core, uh, not coercing because you can't do that in the public market, but they're encouraging rather. Uh, they're, they're encouraging Barry Global to kind of get rid of everything in their, in their business to help them pay down their debt. And so part of the reason this company has been able to uh, grow so quickly is because they've been able to do it through acquisition. And as they acquire these other companies to meet their growth targets, they end up taking on debt to finance the purchases. Well, the investors that have kind of been along for the ride have said, okay, great, you've, you're, you're global now. You've got uh, an incredible innovative manufacturing process to deliver your product to the marketplace. How about you start deleveraging your balance sheet? And the drop in stock price sort of correlates to a drop in the investment grade rating that the stock has. And so, you know what? If we looked at the peer group of other businesses that you perform in, uh, they have a higher grade investment rating than you have, and their stock prices are doing somewhat better. And you know what? You could be doing it too, but you're just carrying too much debt. So tell you what, shed the debt and let's get on with making some money. So that's kind of me paraphrasing how I understood the, the article and the announcement that was made about Barry Global. But getting back to you, the entrepreneur, sometimes paying off debt is is just the easiest goal that you can set for yourself. I know a lot of entrepreneurs get into debt because they use debt to sort of plug holes and, and to band-aid over problems in their business. And very few entrepreneurs running small and medium-sized businesses are using debt uh, well. Um, but paying it off is a pretty easy goal uh, to hit. If you don't necess- if you don't need debt, like for example, let's say your business doesn't actually need working capital um, because your margins are good enough that you can kind of cash flow the business on its own, or or maybe you got a little bit of working capital, but things like you know leases and loans and some of the other stuff sitting on your balance sheet, all of that debt is coming at a cost, and that cost is interest. And if you're struggling as a business owner to, to understand what target you should be hitting, sometimes just choosing to pay off your debt and deleverage your balance sheet is is a smart, easy, simple strategy. Uh, over time, um, you know, you or let me back up. You could ask yourself some challenging questions like, "What would it take to pay off all our debt this year?" Just being crazy for a minute. What would that look like if we had to pay off all of our debt uh, in the next twelve months? What would our business need to do? And then that would help you work backwards into 
uh, a strategy and some tactics. And then, you know, now you got a new reason for getting out of bed in the morning. Um, but to the extent that you can pay off your debt and ask those crazy questions and do that, you know, you're going to end up finding that maybe you, you can't pay it off in a year, but maybe your business could um, double its results right now um, based on just using your debt, that number of money that you owe other people, that your business owes other people, creditors, bankers, et cetera. Maybe that's just a simple number to use and then that helps you step backwards into a plan and that plan helps you um, figure out what you need to be doing every day, what you and your team need to be doing every day to pay off your debt. And for those of you that are in um, a tricky financial situation, that is obviously uh, probably the goal that you're trying to hit right now. And for those of you that aren't in a tricky financial spot and you're not really sure where to set your growth targets or maybe you just want to enjoy some of the success that you're you're having right now, uh, paying off your debt is still a, a really great goal. Um, again, most businesses aren't really sure how to leverage debt and use it properly. And so uh, if you happen to be in that category, then, you know, when you're done listening to this podcast, take out a pencil and a piece of paper and just sort of do some back of the napkin math and say, this is how much money our business owes and this is how much money our business nets after costs every year. You know, right now we're on a path to pay off our debt in, oh, look at that, 12 years. Well, what would it take to pay it off in six? Or what would it take to pay it off in three? Or what would it take to pay it off in one? And even though those those answers today might seem unrealistic, if you if you get thinking about it every day, what you're gonna what you are going to find is that you'll start coming up with with um, different strategies or different opportunities to pursue that can help you get there. So as I read this article about Barry Global and I made my my blog post uh, last week, what's the easiest goal you can set? I came up with the answer that when all else fails, pay off your debt. And uh, that should be enough to get you out of bed in the morning and get you thinking about your business in uh, a new way. Uh, the next blog post I made was titled, Growing Your Business is a Good Thing, right? And I'm not sure if if my um, my headlines, I always think they're they're really smart. Um, but my family reminds me that sometimes my headlines don't make any sense. And I think this was one of them. I think my son just sort of said, what, growing your business is a good thing? Yeah, right. Are you asking a question? Is that a rhetorical question? Anyway, (laughs) Um, there is a company that you may have heard of called Expedia, owned by no joke of an entrepreneur, Barry Diller. And uh, there was an announcement that went out that the CFO, the CEO, both the CEO and CFO of the company were reorganized out, if you will. And Barry Diller, who's, you know, no shy character, type A personality, but also has the track record, I think, to support uh, much of his bravado. Uh, he just sort of said, we're going to stop doing dumb things and and start starting to do what we think we're good at. And the idea kind of that I pulled out of, of this particular announcement was Expedia has grown but they've become this bloated organization, apparently. And um, they, their, kind of their corporate mandate was to use subcontractors and vendors. Every department would work in a silo, and, and you know they were doing that because they were trying to support their growth plan and so forth. But at the end of the day, all of those extra costs, all of those inefficiencies... Um, led to, you know, a company that was very, very complicated and Barry Diller being who he is just came along and said, look, we're going to clean this up. We're going to, we're going to make things really, really simple. And it got me thinking about entrepreneurs that 
when life is, you know, when life is kind of going well, you think, you know, in your business, you can tend to uh, assume that your business is doing really, really well. But what you might not, what you might not be seeing is that beneath the surface, there's a problem or there's a storm that is starting to brew. And in fact, your business could be on its way to being uh, way off track. But because life happens every day, as I wrote in my blog post, it can be tough to see your problems in real time in terms of the problems that might be building up under the surface in your operations or in your sales or in your finance department. And because a growing business is usually focused on keeping up with the daily demands, it often doesn't have, in my experience anyway, it doesn't have kind of the metric or the feedback loops uh, for an entrepreneur to see or to catch mistakes that are being made uh, in the business. But that also leads to kind of another point, which is in your business, what metrics do you watch? Um, if For those of you that know me, you know that I have a, you know, kind of a, a nerdy math mind and, and there's every Monday, I just have a routine that I go through in each of the businesses that I'm involved with. And there are certain metrics that I look at. And over time, I've just learned which metrics tell me what. And you can, you can, you know, go crazy coming up with all sorts of different indicators and and things to look at. And I have just, in my own way, I have found metrics that work for me that give me a feedback loop for the businesses that I'm involved with, and then help me direct my efforts for that week in terms of what needs to be focused on. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's an operational thing. Sometimes it's a sales thing. Sometimes it's a finance thing. But by looking at metrics in real time, based on real information, uh, I can catch or hopefully head off any of the problems that are going to happen. And for me, it's a disciplined approach. It's something that when I don't do it on a Monday, I feel like I don't have solid ground beneath my feet going into each of these businesses. And bear in mind that I'm not the one doing the work in these businesses. I'm there to help lead, help manage, help solve solve problems and hold people um, accountable. But in order to do all of that, I have to do that myself. And so I've come up with um, a whole bunch of metrics that I look for. And um, I would ask you that same question. Do you have some metrics that you're looking for? And even if you don't run a big business, maybe you run a smaller business, doesn't really change anything. You should still have some very basic bullet points that you're looking at on a very regular basis at the same time so that you you start understanding your business maybe, maybe in a different way. And um, what I wrote in my blog post here was that discipline means structure. Structure means feedback loops that help you see problems before they happen. Problems can be expensive, so if you spend some time and money today to build yourself some feedback loops that it might help you prevent and ultimately avoid uh, tomorrow's challenges. And what happened in Expedia's case is they just didn't have those feedback loops. Their feedback loops were designed to reinforce a strategy that made no sense right from the beginning, which was to silo out each of their departments and to rely on vendors and subcontractors who we're ultimately directing the course of the business instead of what Barry Diller has done, which is to have feedback loops and metrics that are simple, that are easy to understand and bring the pieces of the business together to have them working together, not to, um, not to have them working apart and ultimately causing, you know, kind of this bloated organization result, uh, that Expedia has gone through. So Barry, Barry Diller, he's, you know, he has a lot of, um, responsibility, but he has decided that he's going to step in. Um, as the largest stakeholder in Expedia, and he's going to run it 
for the next year, clean it up, make all the hard decisions, and then back himself out of the business and put people in that are able to maintain what he has done. I thought there was a really great lesson in there for an entrepreneur to say, look, if, if you're if you're an entrepreneur running a business, you need to have feedback loops. There have to be some identifiable things in your business that make uh, that help you understand what's going on. For me, just to give you some examples, um, sometimes I, I look at revenue per week and I look at it over a four-week average because that helps me see what trend is developing. Uh, on the sales and marketing side, I look to see what the volume of activity is amongst the uh, customer base. And so um, each of the businesses I'm in all have CRM systems. I look to see how many um, of our clients were, were have been contacted in the past week. Again, I look at a week over week average for four weeks to see what the trend looks like. I then look to see what the last date of activity is for each of the, the contacts that we have, how many are missing a date for their next um, uh, contact. And and that's because I like to know that, first of all, do we know who all of our customers are? Yes, no. Are we interacting with them on a regular basis? Yes, no. And regular could be 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. It doesn't matter. And then I look to see, are we adding anybody uh, to the pool? And what does that particular trend look like? And, um, you know, it's interesting to look at these metrics and these feedback loops, you know, for a day or two. But when you look at them week over week, month over month, you really start to understand your business in a very different way. And so if you're not doing that right now as an entrepreneur, I would strongly encourage you to do it because you can learn a lot, but more importantly, you can head off problems before, um, before they start. Okay, the next blog post I had written about was about Wendy's breakfast program. And of course, I mean, what entrepreneur can't relate to this, right? Uh, eventually something connects. The idea is that you can try something once, twice, or three times without seeing the success that you were hoping for. And as an entrepreneur, that can be debilitating, that can be frustrating, that can be depressing because you think to yourself, man, like, how do how are we not successful at this thing that we are trying to do? Well, imagine running a business over three decades, trying to launch a product, trying to, to launch a menu, a breakfast menu that you know you have to launch to be competitive in the marketplace in a market that is very competitive to begin with and failing at it. Well, that's the story with Wendy's. And Wendy's, you know, there's a lot of smart people that work at Wendy's. There's a lot of people that um, have a lot of experience. And over 30 years, they've not been able to launch a national breakfast program across all of their restaurants. They've been able to do it uh, in local, in local um, marketplaces, but they haven't been able to do it nationally. And now they're going to try it again. So for a fourth time, they're already prepared to run at a loss for the next year while they launch their new program. And... Uh, they think that it's going to pay off in the long run, and hopefully, hopefully it does. But you know, in thinking about an entrepreneur, when was the last time uh, that you may have tried something in your business that didn't work as planned? And then, and then it kind of got me thinking that if you've if you've never really tried something different, then maybe you're leaving opportunities undiscovered in your business. So maybe your business is kind of doing okay right now, but you've never really ventured out to try anything new. I think there's a case to be made that you might be leaving some money on the table because. Maybe there's a different service or a different product that you can offer to your customers that you're not really thinking about right now because you're not prepared to kind of take that leap. Um, or vice versa. If you have tried something uh, different and it didn't work, did you keep on trying? Because as a business, as you know, you are either investing in the future of the business or you're living off the past results of the business. And 
if you're not trying new things, I kind of made this little coy comment in my blog that maybe you're hanging on to your glory years of yesteryear, which won't be repeated uh, again, um, because, you know, typically the victories that you've experienced in the past, those won't be repeated in the future. They tend to look different. They tend to come together in a very, very different way. And so the way you might have won customers in the past, the way you might have won margin in the past, the way you might have been able to build a bottom line in the past, uh, it's unreasonable to think that's how you're going to be able to do it in the future. Because if you're not growing, you're shrinking. And uh, part of the way that you grow is that you have to be trying something new and you have to be kind of committed to the idea of this is what we know we have to do and we're just going to keep getting up to bat until we connect. And I think that this example of Wendy's really highlights that, that, you know, they're playing the long game. They have gotten up to bat a bunch of times over the last 30 years and it hasn't worked and they're going to get up again. But what this article really stressed that I didn't write in the blog post is it talked about how Wendy kind of looked and said, or Wendy's restaurants looked at the infrastructure of their franchises and said, how can we do this without changing anything? How can we use the existing resources that we have, help the help this go faster for the people working in the locations, and ultimately make this successful? Because it seems like in the past they tried, they were trying something different, but they were also trying to change their business. Whereas this time up, they're looking to try something different, but really just using their existing resources in a different way to get a different result. And I think there's a lesson in there for entrepreneurs to say, trying something different doesn't necessarily mean making a hard left-hand turn, investing in a marketing strategy or equipment or a new location. It can really just be, what do we have to work with? Well, we have people, we have resources. And as an entrepreneur, my job is to put those together to take advantage of an opportunity. So, you know, how can I use the people and the resources in the business to try something different? Can we deliver a different service? Can we deliver a different product? Can we deliver a different experience? Because if if I keep testing that stuff, eventually something's going to connect. And when it connect, when it connects, it's most likely going to boost my profits um, and it's going to give me a leg up on the competition. And so if you're an entrepreneur that has failed at something, like I have many times, you just got to keep getting back up to bat because when something connects, it connects really well. And uh, now that you've heard about Wendy's doing this breakfast program launch, it'll give you something to look at and you can kind of refer back to and go, okay, well, did you know it took 30 years for them to finally get their breakfast program figured out? They've always had customers. They've always been serving their product into the marketplace, but this was, this was a product they knew they had to deliver in order to be competitive. And look, they did it. Well, what about you? What about your business? Can the same thing uh, be said? Do the same opportunities um, exist? I don't know. Only you do. But um, if you're not growing, you're shrinking. And if you're not investing in the future, then most likely you're living off of your yesteryears and uh, they're not going to repeat themselves. So get busy doing something (laughs) different. Oh, pretty brave behind a microphone, right? All right. All sounds so simple when someone else says it. Lastly, the blog post that I had posted uh, was about Walmart, and I was surprised uh, to read this, um, but it was, uh, if you can't beat them, copy them. And it's this idea that Walmart just simply has not been able to beat Walmart, or sorry, Walmart has not been able to beat Amazon. And so there was some articles that found their way uh, around some of the business news sites where uh, Walmart they didn't announce, but they're, they, they are going to be offering something called Walmart Plus, where they're 
basically taking the playbook from Amazon's Prime service where they charge uh, Amazon Prime. You pay a flat fee per year and you get a whole bunch of benefits like uh, free shipping, Amazon Music. I think there's probably some other ones. Those are the ones that my family takes advantage of. But Walmart Plus is going to do the same thing and they're going to give you discounts on drugs and gasoline. They're going to give you the ability to put your order in through text messaging so you can get it delivered in 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 some locations. But really what they're going to do is they're going to use that as their jumping off point to then go and compete where they don't think Amazon is very strong and that's on the brick and mortar side. So uh, if they can deliver an Amazon Plus membership that competes similarly to an Amazon Prime in terms of the benefits and the perks, that they hope that um, they can tie in like an e-commerce strategy and instead of you know trying to figure out how to redo all that, they're just going to copy Amazon and then look to do it better. And then that got me thinking about you know the entrepreneur that's out there trying to figure out how to get something working. Maybe their marketing isn't working. Maybe your finances aren't coming together. Maybe you kind of can't get your sales going or you're just lacking in traction. And I, I've always said that there are really no new ideas, just new ways of doing old things. But functionally, um, the, the, the function being served is, is still you know exactly the same. It just takes on a different form factor. So if you're struggling in your business in any of these areas to get traction, then my solution is always just figure out what someone else is doing and then just go and do it better. Um, ideas are pretty easy to come across. Uh, being able to execute on ideas, of course, is where the magic happens. But sometimes you just need to borrow ideas and then use them as your, you know, use them, just use the idea straight up, like what Walmart's doing when they're copying Amazon Prime, or use it as inspiration to do something, uh, something different. Because as you know, um, you know, competing, Competing in any market is really hard, and because there are so few ideas, um, you, you, if you want to be the market leader, you have to be able to take the best ideas and do them better. Um, I've always said that if you are the leader in your marketplace, it means your margins are higher than those of your competitors because your ability to acquire a customer is less, and because your ability to get a customer is less, it means that your competition is paying more. And so the worst place to be in a marketplace is anything but first place because your costs are higher and your margins are lower. And so you're really just working um, harder than the leader is, but making less money. So you've got to figure out a way to be a leader in your market. And then you might say, wow, our market's so huge. We could, you know, we could never be the leader in our market. Okay, then don't be a leader in your market, but find a niche within the market, <clears throat> find a spot in the market that you can go and be the leader at. And so I get, you know, kind of a crass example would be instead of saying, we're going to be the leader in auto repairs, you say, we're going to be the leader in uh, transmissions, or we're going to be the leader in brake repair, or you find just a, a part of the market that your business can go into and just and 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 be the best provider in that because then then first of all you've established a different type of clientele if you're the leader in that space your margins will be higher and instead of doing more work to make less money you can do less work and make more money and if you need ideas in terms of how to carve out a niche or how to find that spot in the market go and copy someone else. Go see what another business in another industry is doing and then see how you can apply it to your business because you might be surprised at what you learn. If you're a 
Um, if you are, let's say you're a contractor and you have a skid steer and maybe you have some heavy equipment, maybe you become the best uh, fence builder in your marketplace, or maybe you become the best deck builder. Instead of saying, we do everything, you say, these are the three things we do, and we do them better than anybody else. And then you start to attract customers. It means you can start to charge a little bit more. You start building a brand, and kind of off you go again. All sounds very simple when you hear someone else say it, but my, my kind of my thinking was when I saw this article about Walmart Plus competing with Amazon Prime, it got me thinking that for the average entrepreneur, if you can't beat them, copy them. And if you're really good, you not only will copy them, but you're going to make them better. And kind of another obvious, uh, huge example of this is when um, Instagram, um, Facebook, Instagram copied Snapchat. And so they saw what Snapchat was doing and they took the features, copied them and then made them their own. And so this happens all the time. And I don't know, you can have an opinion about it that it's... um, you know, it's not the right way to do business. At the end of the day, I don't think there really are any original ideas. There's just different ways of doing the same thing or or there's a different way of, of completing the same function. And so as a business, as an entrepreneur, your job is just to figure out how to do these things better because the bar is always going to be raised. Um, you know, in a capitalist society, that's the greatest part is that you get up to compete every day and hopefully you get a chance to win. And that's what, as an entrepreneur, you should be focused on. And sometimes you just, you just got to look around, see what other people are doing, copy the good ideas, do them better. And then the next thing you know, you're going to be copied. And so the circle just can't keep the cycle just keeps going around and around. You copy someone, they copy you, you copy someone, they copy you, you copy their pricing, they copy your pricing, you copy their services, they copy, copy your benefits. I mean, it's it's just how the market works. So use it to your advantage and your bottom line, uh, your bottom line is going to thank you. Trust me on this one. So that's all I've got for you today on this week's episode of News Entrepreneur's Experience. Again, the word experience is because in each of the things that I talk about, I'm trying to relate it to you, the entrepreneur who's running a business to realize that you're not alone, that all of the challenges you're facing are being faced by CEOs, CFOs, and entrepreneurs of organizations that are much larger than yours, much more successful than yours, but all the problems are the same and the solutions are generally the same as well. So thank you for tuning in. If you found this valuable, please make sure to share it or rate it or tell someone about it, in particular an entrepreneur, because you never know. Some of the stuff that's talked about on these episodes Uh, might help them out with a problem they're having um, in their business or help them take advantage of an opportunity that they're facing. So thank you for tuning in, and I hope you download next week's episode.